Is the Atlantic Coast Conference on the verge of collapse? Well, not as of right now. Today on Ovias and Gilio, we'll get into the drama of the ACC meetings in Amelia Island, Florida. What's an actual threat? What's just bluster? Plus, Rod Burnamore, head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, and captain Jordan Stahl will have conversations with them ahead of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Florida Panthers. OG. 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 Golly. It's time that we do something new. Joe Ovius and Joe Gillian. By doing something new, I mean doing something old, but we're bringing it back, so it's basically new. Here we go. Let's podcast Ovius, Gillio, and I believe the ACC is still with us. Have, have, has, have the meetings in Amelia Island resulted in the absolute collapse and disintegration of the Atlantic Coast Conference show? Did I miss anything? Conference is still intact last I checked, but we'll have to make sure as this program goes along. Man, a lot happened since Monday's show. And I put Florida State Athletics Director Mike Alger, uh, Alford on blast, you know, because they've been kind of pounding the table. We want more money. We got to close the gap and all this other stuff. And there was a there was an article by Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated that kind of set the table for the ACC meetings. And as I was reading the story after the show, it, it Ross did a really good job of kind of letting you and, and understand and contextualize what's going on with the ACC and trying to close that financial gap. And I don't know about you, Joe, if you read it or not, but as they're talking about schools that have looked at the grant of rights and everything else, I thought to myself, yeah, these are things we've discussed. Uh, certainly, Alford made that point to the Florida State Board of Trustees three months ago. You and I talked to Bubba Cunningham, the athletics director at North Carolina, about wanting unequal revenue share. So this idea that a bunch of schools were doing their due diligence, looking at the grant of rights, was not necessarily newsworthy to me. But then Brett McMurphy decided to put a name to it, and then all freaking hell broke loose, dude. It was nuts. Yeah, the Magnificent Seven. Uh, I don't know about you, Joe, but this feels like the first win of the 21st century for <laughs> NC State to be included in the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, there's the tweet. I don't know if that makes me a bad guy for pointing that out, but. I, I don't know. So here's the McMurphy tweet. Clemson, Florida State, Miami, UNC, NC State, Virginia, Virginia Tech are the Magnificent Seven ACC schools, sources told Action Network. These schools, Ross Delager reported, have met in past several months with lawyers examining the grant of rights to determine just how unbreakable it is. It's pretty unbreakable. ACC deal runs through 2036. But to your point about NC State kind of having a win there. Yeah, I mean, they haven't won a conference title, you know, since before you and I enrolled at NC State in baseball, men's basketball or football. So to be included in the mag, quote unquote, magnificent seven feels pretty spectacular. <laughs> this tracks, though, with the conversations that I've had with people at both North Carolina and NC State, those two schools and, and also conversations you and I have had with, with Holden Thorpe and Debbie Yao yeah. and, and any other number of legislators and state leaders. The, the two schools are, are handcuffed and the relationship between Bubba Cunningham and Boo Corrigan and also um, Randy Whitson and Kevin Guskowitz is strong, is good. Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes that might rankle state fans for them to be friendly, but, you know, uh, it's in your best interest to be friendly. To OK, it's in your best interest. Politics sometimes can be your best friend. Now, let's talk a little bit about the grant of rights because of what you just said was yeah. interesting to me. 
the, the, the grant of rights is as strong as far as we know, because it hasn't been challenged legally yet. And of course, it was written in a way that will make it difficult to be challenged. Right. Yeah. It's expensive. What it's cost prohibitive. Know, what we don't know is the nuclear option of dissolving the ACC. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. if if you if you don't exist as a, as an entity, well, I'm sorry, our contract doesn't exist, right? Yes. I, I think yes. the ACC, some of these schools here are going to try to pull a Dom Draper, Don Draper, mm-hmm. right? Hey, what if we all left and then formed our own firm? And, and what season of Mad Men was our, that? What's that? What's uh, season? Was, at the end was of it two, two I think. three? Four, well, five. five. Yeah, I mean, it was like like, all it was like every, every season ended with Don going, screw this. I'm going to make my own. And then they merge and everything else. Yeah. So what is the nuclear option? And I've reached out to a couple of different people. I'm trying to figure out if it's eight, which would mm-hmm. be a majority. Would you need yes. eight schools to dissolve the conference? Eight of the 14. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame is not a full-time member. It would be a full vote from Notre Dame. Right. So of the 14, is it eight or is it 10? Uh, so 10 would be two-thirds feels like something like that you would need a two-thirds vote just that's just me i don't know if a simple majority is the answer here i think but I, that's my what understanding we don't know. my understanding is simple majority so before we okay. before we get into those options because there really is a way to go about it and i have no problems doing that mental exercise because i do think yeah. it's interesting what i find more interesting in the immediate aftermath of all the stuff that had broken out on monday in Amelia Island is how quickly everybody got on the same page. So at some point there was, you know, a meeting of all the houses and Jim Phillips had to let everybody know, you know, you're screwing us by being as leaky as you are. We understand this is me projecting. This is me. If I'm Mm -hmm. Jim Phillips, I approach this AD's meeting that was apparently contentious and there was an airing of grievances, according to a report from David Hale and Andrea Adelson at ESPN. And that's fine. Everybody's frustrated because you're seeing the SEC and the Big Ten take leaps and bounds ahead of you. Okay. And this grant of rights is limiting. I, those are all very understandable concerns. But if I'm Jim Phillips, I get everybody in the room and say, stop it, you dopes, because you're making us look weak. And it's making us look like we are like the old Big East and that we're on the verge of collapse. We're probably around six years away from that truly happening. So it was interesting to me that all of a sudden we got McMurphy following it up. Florida State AD Michael Alford said ACC discussing several revenue distribution options, but admitted, finally admitted after three months or so of saying, we got to close the gap, we got to close the gap, that they won't close the gap against the SEC or the Big Ten. Quote, we're never going to cover the entire gap, but it will allow you to be competitive. That's fine. That's a much more, that is a much more practical way of looking at this entire thing. And then we got uh, David Hale, as I continue to pull up tweets here on on the YouTube. Uh, David Hale ends up catching uh, catching up with a couple of different um, ADs. He actually caught up with Michael Alford. Alford suggests that there's multiple models being discussed for revenue distribution. And schools need to coalesce around one, but there are scenarios in which schools could add $10 million in revenue, but it would be a success-based business, i.e. make the playoffs, that sort of thing. That kind of goes in line with the way Bubba Cunningham talked about it when we spoke to him on the radio several months ago, Joe. But, you know, you ask for performance-based stuff, 
Well, Florida State's kind of the problem. They haven't been performing well over the last 10 years. They had a good season last year. Miami, which wants more money. Well, what exactly have you brought to the table performance-wise over the last couple of years as you continue to make the bad hires? So in theory, it makes a lot of sense, but there's almost a little bit of a be careful what you wish for because you might not get that money that you're asking for. All right, let's let's take a step back too because yeah. the Grand Rights, remember, was signed when uh, the in 2016, and it's mm-hmm. a 20-year agreement. So it goes through the 35, 36 academic year. Okay. And what that means is if you're a member of the ACC, your rights, your media rights belong to the ACC. So even if Florida state had a wild hair and wanted to join the big 10, because yeah, we, I want to get into why it has to be the big 10 here in a minute. Okay. Even if they wanted, had a wild hair and wanted to get to the big 10, all of the rights that comes in, then even the new money from the Big Ten would go back to the ACC. Okay, yeah. so that's what yeah. you and I say the grant of rights is what's keeping the ACC together. That's what we mean. Okay, now that hasn't been legally challenged yet. In part, I think can I, can I stop Notre you right Dame there? Would be the one who would. Can yeah. I stop you right there? The reason why it hasn't been legally challenged is because they can't legally challenge it. We can get to the nuclear option. That's the only way to do it. But right now, there's it's airtight. Everybody that we've talked to about it has said it's pretty airtight. And if there was a way to get around it, we would have heard about it by now. I don't necessarily disagree with you. But I think Notre Dame is the best possible option to challenge it. Because okay. financially, it wouldn't be the same as prohibitive mm-hmm. for Notre Dame. So if you're Florida State or you're Clemson or you're Miami, you almost kind of sort of want to get into bed with Notre Dame and see what they can do to get out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has a price, Joe, okay? Everybody has a price. Seriously, Thanks, I'm not trying to be the million-dollar man. man right now. Well, Ted DiBiase over here. <laughs> I'm also saying to you this, Okay. Um, okay. Uh, the big 10, I go and join the big 10. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what the big 10 cares more about more than anything. Their, their educational, um, uh, whatever the heck they call it. The AAU. Uh, the AAU, right? Yeah. Oh, what's, what's stopping the big 10 Fox from saying, Hey, Florida state. Oh, our share just so happens to be, you know, $280 million per year. Well, it's not a media rights. We're making a donation to your AAU foundation. Okay? You go full Butch Davis on this thing. I'm not a coach. I'm an executive administrator. I am I am the assistant to the assistant. I'm not coaching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay? Not to give the Big Ten any ideas. My friend Jordan Bazan at Fox doesn't need any of my ideas. I promise you that. But yeah. that's a fairly simple workaround, in my opinion. Now, to, to talk- getting to, though, who can you convince and, and how? It has to be Fox for this reason. Yeah. The current deal for ESPN, and this is where I want, and, and we love David Hale on this program. We love a- Andrea Adelson on this program. you got to use your spidey senses a little bit when they report where that's coming from. That's coming mm-hmm. from ESPN. Okay, yes. I'm not trying to impugn them. I'm not trying to be a jerk to them. I'm not trying to out their sources, but you have to have your spidey senses tingle a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I think about this, you have to think about it this way. The current deal with the ACC network is conducive to, it is, it is in favor of 
ESPN. Yes. They have no interest in getting rid of that deal because no. it's good for them. Mm-hmm. And as much as people want to say, well, who wants to watch Pitt and Wake Forest? I've got news for you. The inventory for college football is important to ESPN. Now, yes. they are not going to put seven teams and take seven teams out of a deal that they have that is good for them and put it into a contract with the SEC. First of all, ESPN doesn't want to pay them more money. Second of all, the SEC has zero point zero interest in sharing one single cent with any of those schools that were mentioned as the quote-unquote magnificent seven. Mm -hmm. Can I see the Big Ten and their academic horse hockey sitting there going, well, yes, we would love Virginia. They're a public ivy. Yes, Carolina, they're so smart. We want them. But the rest of this stuff, Joe, you got to use your spidey senses a little bit on this stuff. And the math ultimately has to work. And for ESPN and the SEC, none of those schools mentioned, the math does not work. Save and clip so I can send to everyone that texts me these questions, by the way. You're right. and Or or in the YouTube comments. It gets slightly tiring. So Monday, you know, Monday we 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 discussed how we discussed, and I was looking at it specifically from Florida State, and people got mad at us by simply pointing out, folks, if somebody wanted Florida State by now, Florida State would have been taken. If the SEC was truly interested in Florida State, they would have found a way to make that work several times over. They're not interested in you. And with this magnificent seven, the way that Brett McMurphy put it, what rankled me, what Brett Mc, this is not about Brett McMurphy specifically. It's yeah. about the business of college football newsmaking where somebody says something and then it's taken and then everybody runs with all the doomsday scenarios. This was simply seven schools comparing notes, not seven schools that were getting together and going, hey guys, how can we get out of this? And I pushed back. Right, I pushed back on that idea that somehow these seven schools are going to go because it's like, all right, so let's say you do break the grant of rights. Are you telling me that this alliance, this magnificent seven, is all looking out for everybody's best interests. I mean, Jim Phillips can walk into that meeting and go, hey, guys, do you want me to remind you about the last time there was an alliance? How'd that work out for our conference, right? So there's only one way to make this work. This is not these schools breaking the grant of rights and then everybody's in it for themselves. Because to your point, not everybody's going to have a landing spot, okay? Virginia, North Carolina, they'll have landing spots. NC State's in a tricky situation unless they're part of a package deal. What about Duke, which gets us to the mystery school? I was having a conversation with our friend Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, yesterday. And his point, and one that I ultimately agree with, is if Duke's the, the eighth school, the mystery school, which they have value, and those eight schools with a simple majority say, all right, we're done with this grant of rights, what's to stop them from creating their own conference, right? And that's where the math starts to work out, where you are with ESPN. And ESPN doesn't necessarily have to pay these schools the same amount of money they were doing with the old deal because there's not 14, 15 schools, but you're not carrying around the dead weight. You're not having to feed broke schools, right? Or private schools that you don't want a part of it. So it's almost in a way mathematically worth your while to explore a smaller conference that has good matchups 
and also has a pretty decent basketball package. And you are with your partner ESPN, which to your point is not interested in any way, shape or form of paying more money to the ACC and in no way, shape or form paying more money to the SEC. So if it was going to happen, the actual nuke option is that if eight schools just break off and create their own smaller conference and then have through sheer numbers, a better distribution model that is in favor of Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and the like. That's the only way to work. Housekeeping. What do we got going on, Joe? Well, don't forget, May 31st, two weeks from today, we'll be out at the UNC Health Championship, out at Raleigh Country Club this year, Corn Ferry Tour event. Come see some up-and-coming golfers. Also, that course is in amazing shape. Out there yesterday, ecstatic, always to play a Ross course. PGA Championship is out of Ross course this week. So if you love golf, come check out the UNC Health Championship. If you want to volunteer, go check out unchealthchampionship.com as well. Volunteering is a great opportunity to meet some of these golfers, see some of the guys you're going to see on the PGA Tour coming up. And, of course, our friends Empire Eats are handling all of the catering out at the UNC Health Championship. All right. So uh, other housekeeping matters matters too. Um, shout out to everybody who subscribed to the YouTube channel, everybody who's listening in podcast form, uh, people who roll up to me at the supermarket and just kind of quietly so, say, hey, five stars only, positive vibes only. So Let's it's appreciated. It's it's appreciated. We got to work on tumblers as well. Oh. Yes. Congrats to Travis Andrews, our first contestant in the NFL Sunday ticket contest. We'll be playing Big Jenga on June 5th, which is a Monday, down at the Raleigh Times. So we'll have two more contestants. We'll, I'll, I'll get one this morning, too, with my mom. We'll, 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 I'll do a little YouTube short for our second yes. contestant. And shout out to uh, a lot of advertisers, companies, local businesses that have reached out to us uh, over the last couple of weeks asking how we can support. And uh, we've got that Bang Bang Joe Gang building the roster is building joe so shout out to everybody uh, who's joined us and we'll talk about them as uh, the show goes on and i know thursday joe we're going to be headed out to pnc arena for the eastern conference finals between the carolina hurricanes and the florida panthers we'll bring you our conversation with rod brindamore head coach of the carolina hurricanes here in just a little bit but you're mr coffee man and i discovered this i forgot how bad the coffee was at pnc arena because <laughs> i had it the other day because i was dragging and I was like, okay, let me just grab some coffee real quick. And I was reminded, oof, this arena coffee's not good, dude. You re- you know that I am forever in pursuit of good coffee around <laughs> yes. the arena. And yes. it's funny because most people go to the Breeze Through right right there on Edwards Mill Road. Breeze Through Market, well locally right. owned, locally owned neighborhood store, twelve hundred Edwards Mill Road. Okay, most people go there, Joe, for your tailgate needs. Right, you need ice. Mm-hmm. You need beer. Maybe you need a drink if it's the adult kind. They got those, but also like those. you want to stay hydrated. Got those two snacks. You name it. Breeze through has it. But for the eight p.m. start, Joe, I need coffee. I need a caffeine <laughs> boost, and I I will be hitting up the breeze through markets. Uh, stop in before game one on Thursday because they have these red. We want the cup stickers. You're gonna love these stickers. Very clever from our friends at Breeze Through Markets. Yes, and uh, I, 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 when we were doing shows outside the arena, I was always dropping by that breeze through to make sure that we stayed hydrated. So that's always a good way. But they got crowlers, growlers, all your tailgate needs at breeze through. Uh, and if you're also looking for other things to do for your tailgate, you can pick up your beer, you can pick up water, all those types of things, uh, snacks. If you really want to elevate it too, you can head on over to the butcher's market, several locations across the triangle. I know I got mine 
uh, up here in the Quail Corner Shopping Center. That's the butcher's market that I go to. And I feel like that's home up- base. That is home base. That's home. That's, cer- that's yeah. certainly home base for me. Uh, the steak tips are undefeated. Uh, they got other stuff. You can get subs and everything else if you want to, uh, to just kind of make a quick meal. If you want to head out and tailgate, Butcher's Market's got that coming not, too. Not just subs. They have Boar's Head Deli there. Hot and cold sandwiches. Uh, I love the place over in Holly Springs. Tailgate, grills. They got six locations now, Joe. Raleigh, Cary, Wake Forest, Holly Springs, and Wilmington. Um, thebutchersmarkets.com. Thebutchersmarkets.com. I am looking forward to ultimately settling our which is the best cut of steak debate. <laughs> we will be going into the home office. I will be ordering the ribeye. Yes. You will be ordering the strip. And we will settle this all right. and for all at the I'm excited. market. I'm excited. Uh, I was excited to go out to PNC Arena uh, the other day. After practice, you and I caught up with Jordan Stahl, captain of the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll bring you that conversation in a little bit. And we had a conversation with Rod Brittermore, the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. In the press conference ahead of that, he was getting all questions, all sorts of questions about uh, Tevo Teravainen, who looks like he might be back in the lineup on Thursday. But And he, he seemed kind of annoyed by it, so I, I found a really easy way to start the conversation. No questions, I promise. However, I do want to talk about the small community that is hockey. I mean, it's kind of appropriate that on the 25th anniversary of the Carolina Hurricanes, we have an Eastern Conference Finals that features <laughs> the stalls, your yeah. old coach, your old teammates. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. hockey is kind of like that, right? Well, it's certainly come a long ways in, you know, it's it's not been a short time, but, you know, if you, I guess it depends how you want to look at it. Uh, we're old, man. It's yeah, fine. yeah. It, it's uh, You look the same. No, <laughs> we do not. We, we I don't do look not. or feel the same, but... Um, I don't really know how to how to respond to that. You yeah. know, I mean, it's uh, there's good hockey everywhere now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, th- I go back and if you really want to look at the origins of it, it's because mm-hmm. Gretzky got traded to L.A. <laughs> you want to trace this all back? These teams would not be. I don't think would be where they are yeah. if he hadn't taken hockey to another level in the mm-hmm. U.S. And that's you know, that's where it started. You say how far it's come along. I mean, this is a an old school shows you how long we've been doing this. An old southeast division matchup, but mm-hmm. these two teams are completely different and everything else. Well, and then you throw Tampa in that mix yep. too. From mm-hmm. and and so. It, Listen, in, in NHL now, with the way the parity is and the way the leagues run, um, you can have success anywhere. And I will say, I mean, you got to – I don't even care where you play, other than maybe a couple of cities. If you're not successful, it's going to be hard to, to be – to you know, we see it. We see it in some of the – Chicago is one of the best markets. And in, in, I remember when they weren't very good, they're not, they don't even show up. There. Right. So right. let's let's get it – you know, we've done pretty well here considering – even the ten-year run where we did nothing, mm-hmm. there were still people coming out here and supporting mm-hmm. us. So um, we had a great group here and great fan base. One of your favorite quotes, unbeknownst to you, that Joe loves is that you're hired to get fired. You yeah. know how this is going to end. Totally. What does it say about Paul Maurice's staying power? Uh, this stop now with Florida, yeah. and, and he's coming to a you know a different different situation yeah. than what they had last year. They make the big move with Huberto. Uh, add stall, maybe add some guys that he's familiar with, but he does seem to, to well, not, keep going. Listen, he's been, I don't know, I don't know the math, but on it, if he's the longest running coach, like he, he's been around for a long time. Like, you know, who's been around longer? I don't know. Like, and that's that says it, what it all for me. And if he really want to get technical, he hasn't won. Right. So, how many coaches are going to last and keep showing up when they haven't won a championship? Mm-hmm. I mean, 
that just tells you that people know he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? So, um, but he's also had to do it in four or five different cities now. So that's just the nature of the business. Was there anything from, I, I always associate you with, with Peter Laviolette and right. the, the process and the yeah. results. It's about the process, not the results. Uh, was there anything that you took from Mo yeah. that you, you realize now, oh, man, shit, that's what Mo does? Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, obviously I played under Mo for most of my, the time, but I actually coached for about a year. Half a year he brought me in. So I was in the, in the coach's office watching him do okay. it. And that's when I originally thought I'd never be a coach because yeah. I didn't realize how much went into it. As a player, I'm like, how hard is this? Just put the- <laughs> no, I, I, honestly, I'm like, put your open the door, get your best players out, yeah, give yeah, them a plan, yeah. and it's yeah. on them. Yeah. And then I went back there and I watched the process of it, and I was like, oh, this is way more than mm-hmm. I thought. And that was because of the way he was doing it. And so maybe that I've taken that because that's the first kind of you know vision of coaching was okay. This is way more into it, so you got to be dialed in if you want to do it. Um, because he, he certainly is. So about that process, let's go back to the trade deadline. Joe and I have a conversation with Dundon ahead of the outdoor game, and we're just kind of giving him, like, make a move. I mean, you got $10 million in cap space, but you doubled down on that process. Now, again, you're halfway there. Is it, a, is it because this group is more veteran that this is, they've had a couple more cracks at it? What, what makes this year different in how they've responded? Uh... I don't know. Sometimes it's just the, the way the, the cookie crumbles. Honestly, it's getting in. It's just the hardest part, and then you got to have things line up. And yeah, and we. I think the key moves were honestly on the defense side of things when we brought in Burnsy early, yeah. and then even Ghost at the trade deadline. Like that was those are sneaky. Well, the Burnsy one's not sneaky. That was that was not. <laughs> but but Ghost is a sneaky move that one. really upgraded. Uh, you know our back end to where mm-hmm. we got six guys now that like I mentioned there like you. you they can get stuck out there against the best players, mm-hmm. and it's not gonna make you go oh, no. And that that that's huge. Actually, you just you just hit on something, and this is something that didn't really hit for me. I didn't get this clarity until my younger son started playing hockey. Hockey's stupid. Yeah, it's it stupid. Yeah. Like the puck yeah. will bounce in a way. They're like, why did it do that? And then it changes everything. Yes. Well, as we say, you can't defend chaos. <laughs> so if, if you if you throw enough out there. Then you 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 know if you kind of ha- don't have an idea they don't either right like and then there's there's a, there's actually some more detail in of that course, but of you're right and bounces and so you want to create as many of those as you can well mm-hmm. how do you do that you got to play in the other team zone you have to do things that are going to up the ante mm-hmm. on the stupid part of the game because that gives you more chances to win so if you want to call it stupid or whatever but voodoo I mean you can do that any number of things randomness to our sport and so you want to figure out away, which I think we do a pretty good job of, mm-hmm. of upping your chances on the random, if that makes sense. I know you were asked before the New Jersey series, like the one thing that's really made up for the loss of your three of your top six forwards has been the scoring from your defense. Obviously, there's a lot of scoring in the second yeah. round from your defense. Yeah. I don't know if you draw that up or if it's just the way that your team has the mentality that everyone has to chip in and, and really contribute, but it, it did seem like a marked difference from, from the first round. Well, I think from the back end, they just I, I, two different teams we were playing. So the first series, Islanders are very more not giving chances up. Devils were more, you know, they're trying to go, go, go. So mm-hmm. if you can limit that, you're going to get your opportunities. And in theory, that's what should happen, and that's kind of what did happen. So is it that our back end do anything different? No. 
It's just the way our system's kind of structured, I think it led to them creating more opportunities off of what the other team was doing. I like to say you can't run with Rod. Can't run with me? Cannot run with Rod. See, yeah, Joe went basketball You're a state here. fan, yeah. and I understand yeah. all those things, but with Roy Williams, it was... Don't be stupid. Don't run with the heels. Right. That's right. stupid. Right. I, I thought the Devils wanted to run with you. Well, I, I, my guess is Florida wants to run with you too. Well, it's it's. Listen, you have to know what the other team, what they're trying to do. You have to have that idea. Okay, this is how they want to do it, and make sure you don't run with them. So you you make sure. Listen, this is what they want to do. Take away what they're trying to do, and then Uh-oh. you go. That's, that's, that's very Belichickian. Well, no, it, 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 that's, that's <laughs> no, it is, is though. That's exactly what it is. If yeah. I can get more time to. New Jersey goes yeah. neutral zone. They go long to the blue line. They go up the middle. So we know every time they get it, shut the middle down, and you're going to take <laughs> away. And now you're going the other way. And now you're just throwing more darts at the dartboard. You know? So that was kind of one of the things. Are you, are you thinking like this watching House League play? No. Is that what's going through your brain? House League play is just fun. <laughs> I just love it. And I love the whole mentality of it, too. Everyone's just there to have fun. Yeah. And they're just enjoying it. Yeah. And the kids are having a blast. Yeah. Nobody cares who wins or loses. I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about that. Look, I'm look, I'm new, I'm new to this. I am new to this. And I can tell you, well, I went to it very zen because I'm just happy my kid's playing. Yeah. Uh, he was good. He did a nice job out there. I saw him. Flying around, he's got the flow. The, the flow. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Right. I did. I did tell him like, hey, you want a face off there? I wonder if Rod yeah. noticed. He's like, oh, did he? Yeah, but yeah, he's having fun he with it. Working man. hard. That's what you you could yeah. appreciate that as a dad, right? Say, Absolutely. You're out there working, and mm-hmm. that's all good. So. We appreciate the time, Rod. Yeah, hey, of course, anytime. That was uh, Rod Brindamore uh, from PNC Arena. We uh, we talked to him. What was it? Monday? I can't even keep track of the days anymore, Joe. What day was that? That was Monday. That was eight minutes. And humbly, I would submit to you that is, Rod is not a man of many words. He, no, he's he is not. A man, he is good with words, but he's not yes, a man he of is. many words. Yes, he is. That's as good of, of eight minutes. That's like that's the equivalent of an hour with Roy Williams right there. <laughs> no doubt. No, no, no. You're absolutely right about that. You're absolutely right about that. We're going to check in with... Wes Durham here in a little bit. He's down in Amelia Island, Florida, uh, and we'll get we'll, we'll see just how contentious the ACC meetings were in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but first, we want to give a shout out to Whitaker and Hamer, attorneys and counselors at law. You can check them out at wh.lawyer. And they basically it's like a one stop shop, Joe. They got like all sorts of legal services for you. Yeah, if you're starting a business, you're selling a business, uh, if you have family law needs, divorce or custody, real estate closings, if you're buying a house, uh, 20 years in business, Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, they have offices in Raleigh. Check this out, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, mm-hmm. Fuquay Arena, Gastonia, Moorhead City, and, Gold, and Goldsboro. Lots of G's, Gastonia, Goldsboro, G Vegas. and Garner. So 919-772-7000, or again, pretty easy, wh.lawyer, and you'll find them online. Also want to shout out to Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington. We actually talked to Jim Roberts, who heads that up on Monday. And as he likes to point out, this Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington is not a good old boy network. It's a network for entrepreneurs in Wilmington, which is a hot area. We, We focus on the triangle. And we're focused on Raleigh and Cary and Durham and Chapel Hill and everything else. But Wilmington is up and coming. There's a lot of great opportunities there. It was recently recently ranked number one, the number one startup ecosystem in the USA, number two in the world 
largest venture capital fund for tech in the South, and they've had a lot of successful exits. So by all means, check out new, or in this case, newilm.com for more information. Again, that's newilm.com, and you can find out more and get your thing going. Speaking of finding out more, I want I want to find out more what happened in uh, Amelia Island this week. We're still happening right now. Wes Durham, ESPN, ACC Network, hanging out with us now. Um, so, Wes, how how have the how have the conversations gone at the hotel bar this week? That's where all the action happens, Wes. What's well, going on, man? according to uh, Bad Boy of Scoops, I guess that's uh, that's where all the conversations have occurred. But I'm here to <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you that. Uh, not all the conversations have uh, have been had in the uh, in the hotel grounds, as they say. I think it's pretty much stayed behind closed doors. But you guys are not going to be surprised by this. A lot of this is stuff that's been germinating for a long time. And yeah, believe it or not, I think they're working toward a plan. I think that uh, wouldn't be surprised if later this afternoon you hear at least a wrinkle or two about what they're trying to look at uh, as soon as the. I think 24-25 budget, I think it's really hard, uh, and Julio knows this, I think it's really hard to put it in the 23-24 budget, but I think 24-25, I think there's a real chance that you could see some wrinkle. I'm not talking about dynamic change, but at least some sure, difference sure. in the way the ACC pays out right now. Yeah, Western ACC Network, ESPN, joining us here on the OG. Thank you for joining us, Wes. I appreciate you. Um, Absolutely. Let, let's Let's talk a little bit about conference dynamics because, you know, I'm not I'm not impugning anyone when I say that Carolina and Duke ran this league for the first however many years it it was together. Right. Mm -hmm. And we've seen a shift in what matters to television people, and that's football. And that's not Carolina and Duke, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, State Clemson have kind of filled this void, in my opinion. Miami, uh, in terms of leadership. In, in part, Miami because of who their AD is. Right? Dan Radakovich Correct. was at Clemson. So that right. makes them a power player, despite the, the, the lack of results for Miami. Mm-hmm. How, how do you see behind closed doors – these schools kind of coming together when before we knew there was a respect for John Swafford. We knew there was somewhat of a hierarchy. We knew kind of how the league ran, but it feels different to me now. Am I, I off here? No, no, I agree with you. And I think, again, not I saying think, it in a bad way, you know, no, it's, new dynamics. It's, it feels like it, that's exactly right. And I think that's a really good point to make Gilio because here's the deal. I think we have to think of, and we've had this discussion before where we have to think of ADs now as coaches, right? Mm -hmm. They have personalities. They have existential affairs. They are on the marketplace. They are in the fan base. They are activators of the fan base for one reason or another. Is it to sell tickets? Is it to support a hire? Is it to, you know, start collectives? Is it to, you know, gather philanthropic dollars for scholarships, things like that, right? They've got a lot of things they got to handle. I think you've got a lot of different personalities here. But I also think, too, that what was said by Brett McMurphy and Ross Dellinger wrote, I'm, I'm beginning to believe that some of that is factual. Some of it is assumed. And I think we got to be careful with the two here. Uh, Joe, to your point, I think Graham Neff and Dan Radakovich are two guys that have a visionary plan of revenue distribution, Right. 
Uh, I think Bubba Cunningham and Boo Cargan, and you guys know this, have both been concerned about the costs of what this is going to become, not just the NIL situation, scholarship situation, in addition to resources, facilities, things like that. Michael offered at Florida State is brand new per se to the landscape, but he's the guy who I think is in some respects willing to be the front guy for this. You're going to go along with that? I, I mean, yeah, he's willing to be he, the guy who does it. I don't know that. That's for, I, you know, that's a real good question, and it's a long-term because discussion. It's not one we can answer today. The reason why I asked that, Wes, and Wes Durham, ESPN, ACC Network, hanging out with us here. The reason why I asked that is because he's going about it in a very bombastic way. It's almost yep. like he's doing it in a way that is more beneficial for Florida State boosters basically telling them things they want to hear, working them up, it go into social media, and sure. go from there. And right. it's basically trying to act like we're the big boy in the room here, and it's really quick. And this is what the ACC is different from, say, the SEC. We're very quick to put you in your place in this conference. Like, oh, mm -hmm. he, says it's a, he says to Warchant, we are the number one top brand in this conference. According to who? What metrics? Right. Show me the metrics. Because it's certainly not in, in terms of the standings. It hasn't right. been the case for almost 10 years now. Clemson runs this league when it comes to football. Not you. You're broke. I mean, that's what I come away from when I look at Florida State. You're broke and you desperately need money and you're trying to find ways to do this. And if you truly mm -hmm. were a top brand the way you think you are, you probably still wouldn't be in the ACC the same way that Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12 to join the SEC. They would have had a landing spot by now. And I feel like somebody had to have this conversation with the new guy. And I don't know about you, Wes, but I noticed the change in tone. It went from about three months of banging the table to telling Breck McMurphy and David Hale, your colleague at ESPN, oh, no, we had a very – it's going to be very difficult to close that gap. And we have to find ways to coalesce around. Like, clearly, Jim Phillips or other ADs told Michael, hey, buddy, simmer down a little bit. Okay? I, I yeah, and I don't disagree with that, but I also think, too, that what we've done here is open up another door of the personality of this league as it moves okay. to its new status and new era, okay? Look, I, I think the, hey, they're going to break the grant of rights and take off for another league. I, don't we all agree that if that was going to happen, it would have happened by now? It would have happened by now. Right. So well, Joe, and I were, Joe and I were talking about the nuke option, though. We were talking about the nuke option. It's not the magnificent seven saying we're out and then everybody's on their own to try to find a landing space. It would be who's the mystery eighth team that would be willing to create their own conference. Well, and see, here's the other one. Yesterday, I don't know if you guys saw the rogue Twitter from, was it Swain Sports, who said Louisville oh, is now. Hold up, you know, hold up. Are you telling me Greg Swain's still in the business? Is Greg Swain 15, 20 years later still dropping realignment rumors on the internet? Hey, Where's sure the dude is, from West Virginia? Give me some dude of West Virginia, Wes. Where's he? At, as sure as I'm drinking Ritz Carlton water, is that fact in true? Yes. <laughs> I have not thought about that dude in 15 years. Have you guys seen the tweet? But you got to put the tweet on the show. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I'm always one. Ever since I started watching the pod, I want to be on a segment, Jillio, where I get a tweet rolled in on the screen too. You know, because okay. I think let's, that's let's fun. Pull this up. It's Swaim Show, right? Thirty-six how, years of TV. Yada yada yada. Let me. Find that's it. it. How yeah. Close yeah. are we to the to the irate Jillio conference? That's all I want to know. <laughs> like, how close are we to a WVU? ECU 
you know, get me App State in there too. I want the irate fans just playing. There it is. That there it is. So just good. became the eighth team right there. There it goes. Breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking. Just verified this with a colleague who will also be reporting. Hashtag from Oklahoma. Yeah, from Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Muskogee. Dateline Muskogee. <laughs> Gilio's already just—he's no. had it. He's had it. No, um, I'm trying to wrap my brain around this a little bit because we've had this conversation before, right? Yep. Think of it this way: we, we just started our own podcast on our own, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not. We can't. We can't compete with Pat McAfee. We, we can't compete with Bill Says Simmons. Who? Right? <laughs> yeah, who, hey, well, Joe, no, no, but, to say next summer we don't have an up to something season. You know. <laughs> financially right yeah they have right. greater resources than we do does right. that mean there's no place for us does that mean we can't do our best work does that mean we can't have our own niche and i think we can we just mm-hmm. won't have their budget so if i'm in the acc you have to look at it differently and this goes back to when they had hired jim phillips and i understand that jim boo bubba nina from you know the Kevin White tree are right. very passionate about the opportunities in athletics. I respect that passion. I do. Mm-hmm. However, the world has changed. Yep. And I think the ACC should be the first mover on employing the players, making them employees. I think they should share their media right deals with the players. I would then take your idea, Wes, of what you're saying for Florida State, Clemson, Miami. You got to go full Jerry Jones, okay? Sell the seat, sell an app, sell the yard, the 50 yard line, sell the club, bring the collective onto the damn sideline with you, bring them into the locker room, bring them sell Shapiro your jock, back? you yeah. name it, sell it. If that's yeah. what you want, because well, you your your nut is not going to come from the media deal. That is the truth of the matter right now. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you compete when you can't be financially on the same level? Uh, we still have a podcast. We sold eight ads this week. I'm sure Pat right. McAfee would laugh at our ad rate. But you know what? Here we are. We're sitting well, next to each other. And, and here's the other part too. You mentioned Jerry Jones. Who did Michael Alford work for for three years? The Dallas Cowboys. And and look, he also worked for Learfield in the multimedia business at the Alabama property, which at the time was the number one property in revenue for Learfield. So I do believe that, Joe, you're exactly right. I think what we have to get comfortable with is the external revenue that each individual campus can create. And that part of this has to be, look, all these institutions, by the way, are multi-billion dollar institutions from a foundation standpoint. They have endowments of multi-billion dollars, right? We've always heard about Stanford's endowment. Eventually, at some point, if these schools become desperate enough, then the universities or institutions themselves will perhaps find a way to share a dollar or two with athletics. However, mm-hmm. however... The revenue streams have to be expanded on the individual campuses because the ACC can't, it cannot change within reality much of what their current television agreement is at this point. Great point, Wes, though, about the, those schools. 
And let's be clear what we learned during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Okay? A lot of these schools need athletics. Yes, they a do. A lot of these schools. Okay. And there's a reason they put those players out there in empty stadiums during the pandemic. And it wasn't just to collect the, the check from ESPN or their media rights holder. It was to show the value of college. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you think maybe I'm being over, but you think maybe I'm oversimplifying or overselling this. But if we had Randy Woodson or Kevin Guskowitz on this program, Right. And you ask them in their darkest moments in the pandemic what they were thinking. They were thinking, everyone is going to learn what a shell game this is. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. And how we desperately need these sports and, to showcase who we are to potential students. Because without ca- students coming on campus, what the hell are you? You're Phoenix University. Well, and that's the back end of this real quick. The back Sorry, end of Phoenix. this. I shouldn't have burned that that ad, my wow. bad. That's wow. Our, wow, there, but, there goes there goes that national pie show. Right, but here's, here's the one. back end. Here's the back end of this. By the fact that Mark Emmert was handing out coupons for years of eligibility on the backside, yeah, that did not set well with those institutions. Most of those institutions were frustrated mm-hmm. with the actions of the NCAA president, mm-hmm. and that also contributed to what we know as the fiscal resources and deficits that those institutions faced coming out of the pandemic a little bit. So it all kind of works itself together. I will say one thing about, quote, the Magnificent Seven that I think is important to keep in mind. I give McMurphy credit on this. At least he knew State and Carolina couldn't move without each other, and Virginia and Virginia Tech couldn't move without each other. But there's a pushback on that, Wes, you know, because we talked about this. Remember, ACC kickoff, what, two summers ago? Yes, we did. Oklahoma, Texas went in the uh, SEC against my amazement. Now, again, (laughs) Texas A&M was the one that leaked that because Texas A&M did not want Texas. It's not lost on me that it was the Texas A&M papers that were the ones that were first to have Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC. And we had these conversations like, well, how is this going to happen? And every state is different. It, it, we have to remember that the dynamics and the money are different, that what happened with, with ACC expansion, however, what, 15, 20 years ago, that right. ended up with Virginia Tech in the league. I think, I think it speaks to a deeper understanding that if, that if you're going to do this, it, you might have to do it with your rival partners and sell that to a television outfit. I think that's ultimately what it is. Um, but you and I have had this conversation multiple times i don't see them having the, the balls to break off and create an eight nine team conference and uh, you know just like the the bundle is hot again you know a nine team conference might be hot again for all we know we're an original eight right i think that what will ultimately happen is by the time we get to 2030 that's when we'll start to see the true test of the greater right i agree and we'll see we'll see a breaking off of what the Big Ten and the SEC are that they almost become the AFC and the NFC when it comes to college football. And to Joe, your point, one thing that you've always kind of banged the table on is football becomes its own entity, and that way you get your screw you conference for yeah. basketball and those yeah. things because travel costs have to come into play at some point. Yeah, there, there's nothing that is tying these conf- these non revenue sports together. It, it also things we learned in the pandemic. Oh. Magically, you played a regional schedule when it fit your financial needs. Uh, If they would just, you know, if they would just stop with the hypocrisy of, well, it's it's for the student athlete. Of course. If it was, you'd you'd play it in a two-hour radius, all of your soccer, volleyball, everything else. And guess what? It would still be really good. 
Same with All baseball. Right. Look at Campbell and look at ECU. West, anything else from Amelia Island? I can do. Is that the beach I see in the background? You got a nice little room there at the Ritz Carlton. Are you teasing uh, us right now? Yeah. What else? Uh, any anything? Anything? Uh, any other news? How much is that bottle of water, by the way? That was complimentary. It ought to be for the price of the room. No, you mean um, that's included. That's included. yeah. Resort services. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, no, I, you know what? I think the, I think the revenue thing was going to be the dominant deal here. Okay. Uh, I do believe that we are all cautiously optimistic about football season. I will say talking to these football coaches, I think they are. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I think that the television coverage of ACC football is going to be a little different this year. I think coaches want to maximize a lot of that stuff. And I think that's a, that's a big piece of this. So hopefully you'll see more access within ACC football this year on the ESPN platforms. And look, television is going to be a big part of ACC football in the league has already stepped in. You've already seen LSU, Florida State's going to be in prime time from Orlando. Uh, by the way, a game that was originally scheduled for Atlanta got moved to Orlando during the Willie Taggart administration. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I don't know if Virginia's ready for the fight at Knoxville, but I think there, there are some games in the first five weeks uh, that are going to be really critical to the national landscape, again, of what ACC football is about. But, boys, we can do all that in July. Oh, we we'll don't have July. to we'll be there. Yeah. We'll be there, uh, but I think coaches are coaches are optimistic about the depth of the league. Okay, and I think I think that's a really good thing. By the way, got it, got it. All right, Wes. Hey, man, enjoy the rest of your time there at Amelia Island. We'll talk to you later. By the way, Kevin Keats and I, I talked to both Kevin Keats and Brad Brownell together. Yeah, neither one received any any confirmation okay. from the league that the Middlebrooks Clark trade has been ratified. Oh my goodness. Did, please tell me they at least find the humor in all this stuff. Oh, coaches at least have a sense of humor about all this stuff. Brownell says that Keats owes him, like, I don't know, a bottle of wine. No, Kevin's, bourbon. Yeah. Kevin's got well, the bourbon. Kevin's yeah, got the Kevin. bourbon. And then on the backside, uh, Keats swears that at some point he gets an extra home game and a future draft pick. <laughs> Absolutely love it. West Durham, ACC Network, ESPN. All right, Wes, we'll talk to you later, man. See you, fellas. <laughs> future considerations future considerations uh we'll bring you our conversation with jordan stall captain of the carolina hurricanes here in just a little bit but we want to uh give shouts to mosquito authority pest authority joe i would include them in a deal because right now is the time to make sure that your mosquito issues are resolved uh they come out once a month to my place it's been um it's been moist this spring which means the mosquito breeding is going to be off the charts but Thanks to Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. I'm getting a handle on that before uh, true patio time kicks off here in my house. Yeah, go check them out at bugsbite.com. They're on Twitter as well, No Mosquito NC. Go to that website, check, punch in your zip code. They're here in the triangle. They're in Sand Hills too. So 919 807 1951. Your ants, uh, termites, bugs, any kind of moisture mold underneath your house. They handle all of that mosquito authority, pest authority. Again, that's bugsbite.com. So the NBA lottery was last night. Victor Wembanyama clearly going to go number one, which means he's going to have a rookie card of some sort. Uh, he's going to be a San Antonio spur last time I checked, which means our friends over at Oak City Sports Cards are, uh, I got to imagine that they're getting some calls or they're preparing for this. Please, please explain what's happening here, Joe, with this. With this yeah, rookie so card. on. Yeah, on Friday, the Bowman Inception University set comes out. Uh, go get it. Oak, go get the cards. Go get some packs. Oak City Sports Cards. They're in downtown Raleigh. 
buy, sell, grade your cards, oakcitycards.com. Weston has already told me that if you can get a Wembenyama, a certain numbered Wembenyama autograph, it's going to go, it's going to approach the million dollar price tag. A million dollars? A million. Also in this Bowman Inception University set, which comes out on Friday, Joe, is Caitlin Clark. Uh, the Iowa basketball star, women's basketball star. You so you can get mm-hmm. her autograph as well. She is a hot ticket right now in the collectible community. So go check them out. Oak City Sports Cards. Again, buy, sell, get your cards graded. That was a, a huge help to me in my deals with Weston. So oakcitycards.com. All right. So about the uh, about Victor Wembanyama, I get. It, we get an opportunity to get caught up in the hyperbole, right? And I think Adrian Wojnarowski last night uh, found himself talking about how this is going to be the the greatest prospect uh, in NBA history. I mean, he, get, he gave himself an out with the with the possibility. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, "Am I? Have we forgotten about LeBron James and how much of a game changer LeBron James was coming out of high school?" And what he's continuing to do, by the way, I know they lost to the Nuggets last night in a high scoring affair. What was that? 135, 126. But um like is this guy the real deal? And by the way, why does San Antonio keep getting you know franchise changing guys uh, with the with the Admiral and Tim Duncan and now Victor Wimbledon? Yeah, like what is like why do they keep getting this? It's it's wild to me. And the Charlotte Hornets end up with the number two pick in the draft. Some teams win the lottery and they get Anthony Bennett. Some teams win the lottery and they get Michael Olawa candy. The Spurs win the lottery and they get David Robinson and Tim Duncan. I looked it up, Joe, on this on the NBA 75th anniversary yeah. team. Obviously, there's 75 players. 14 of them were number one overall picks. The Spurs had two of those 14 players. So 2.6% of the uh, 75th anniversary team comes from being the number one overall pick for the Spurs. That's probably the best canary in the coal mine for the French Mamba, that it was the Spurs who won the lottery and not Houston or Detroit and even Charlotte, uh, because quite frankly, that track record suggests that Wembenyama will be the real deal. It's interesting, though, Joe, because, you know, you look at a lot of times we either look at mixtapes or we look at Wembenyama from Mm -hmm. the one game that he played in in the fall in Las Vegas and he was outstanding. Uh, The truth of the matter is, He's his skill set because you're going to say, oh, he's seven four and he's a guard. Okay, look, we got to slow down a little bit there. Truth of the matter is, you you look at his skill set and it is similar to Joel Embiid's. It's okay. similar to Giannis Antetokounmpo's. It's similar to Kevin Durant's. So while there will be people who say we've never seen this before, uh, you and I will often talk to some people who are six three or six four, right? And you and I are both, you're a little bit taller than I am. But then you I'm look like at, five, you know, we're six foot, right? Yeah. We're right around six foot. And then you're like, look, you stand next to somebody six three, six four. You're like, yeah, they're taller than me, but it's not like you're gigantic, right? Mm-hmm. So the difference between Kevin Durant at 6'11 and Embiid, seven foot, and Giannis, 6'11, and 7'4 is really not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is this misconception that there's never been a player like this before. I do think there is. Uh, the question is kind of like Chet Holmgren. How will he hold up? You know, how yeah. can he add some strength? Because he's only 19 years old. So he, he this isn't this isn't Bryce Young coming out of Alabama. <laughs> uh, you know, of four of three years at Alabama in their strike system. Yeah. This is truly a 19 year old who does need, uh, you know, to be who who needs to grow up 
physically. He just needs to mm-hmm. physically mature. And when he does, I mean, yeah, I think all of those projections are real. Um, but I also think I think it's a little his unicorn like you know description I do think is slightly oversold. I've only seen the highlights on social media when it's basically like you said the mixtapes. That's all I've seen. And every so often he'll break some dude's ankles or he shows a handle that you're not used to seeing on a seven four guy. And I can see why people are losing their minds. But I'm also watching Nikola Jokic last night you know, shake off Anthony Davis and hit a three at the buzzer, right? Like, so to your point, it's not, is he a unicorn? Time will tell, okay? But let's also not forget that we're seeing the future of the NBA already with some of the names you already mentioned, like Giannis Antetokounmpo or what Jokic is able to do. Uh, But the highlights have been amazing. And uh, I think it's good for the league, by the way. It's, It's good for the NBA, that they have these types of players come through to draw interest. Cause that's right now the biggest problem with the NBA is getting people to watch them consistently. Uh, they can blow up on social media. They can give you all the stats about engagement on Reddit and YouTube and highlights, but you still need people to watch the games. You need compelling reasons to watch. And LeBron James ain't going to be around forever. You know, we, we've seen Steph Curry. Sure? <laughs> uh, I mean, at this rate, he might. I mean, it's still pretty impressive, but this guy has an opportunity to become this next much must watch star. And hopefully it doesn't get, you know, it doesn't devolve into the stupidity of, you know, is he clutch enough? But that's also kind of built into the NBA. The only thing I hate here, Joe, is that San Antonio just blatantly tanked this year and they were rewarded for that tank. Uh, That's the only thing that necessarily bothers me, but good for San Antonio. Good for Dave Tellup. I'm happy for the Spurs. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I'm with you on that. Dave Tellup, if you don't know, is a guy who uh, got his start here with recruiting. He used to be part of the ACC Sports Journal with David Glenn. Worked at the Durham uh, paper. Yeah. Worked at the Durham paper, made his way to ESPN, then he started working for the Spurs. And uh, he's one of the – he's a real one. So shout out to David Tellup. So we've gotten, we've gotten some questions um, with related to the show. Of, you know, what's the best way to help and everything else? Um, I sh- I wanted to take this moment to thank everybody who's hit the donation button on the podcast landing page that we do through Red Circle. Uh, and we've been given enough money that we've been able to pay for equipment and we've been able to pay for software stuff like StreamYard, uh, Red Circle itself. And I guess we're going to need QuickBooks here soon too, Joe, since we're like going to be an actual business and we have bills to pay and everything else. So I just wanted to take a moment there. I just want to take a moment there and thank everybody, uh, especially the ones who have set it to recurring donations. Uh, Yeah. You're the real ones as well. And that helps us fund what we're doing. So honestly, in all sincerity, we really, really thank you for everything that you've done uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to helping fund this operation and basically seed money to get us off the round, uh, off the ground. We went to PNC arena on Monday and you had that look on your face, Joe, you were hanging around Jordan stall, the captain of the Carolina hurricanes. I saw it on your face. You know what I'm talking about, right? You had this look. I do. You had this look. I do. Like you were, you were, <laughs> about uh, to you get know, into, I get excited. You were about, to, you were about I like to, interacting with players. You were going to get into some shenanigans with Jordan stall. Here's how that played out. 
Don't do this. Jillian has that face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do this officially. I have a shitty question for you, okay? Let's hear it. Okay. Because you're not supposed to ask people questions about themselves, right? Oh, yeah. I have found this. Yeah, you never get the right answer. Right, exactly. I think your brother, Eric, is the best hockey player in Carolina Hurricanes history. Joe Ovius thinks Jordan Stahl is the best hockey player in Carolina Hurricanes history. So, so you'll note there, I kind of sort of dissed you just a little bit, only because I knew Eric first. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a chance to go off the board here. You could take your coach, but that would seem slightly obsequious if you did that. So... Who's right? Um, I think neither of you. I think Sebastian Ajo is our best. Uh, the Sebastian Ajo. He's not even sitting there. Uh, he's he's <laughs> sitting beside me every day, so he'll be over here in a second. He'll hear me. Yeah. Right, you know you're playing, Eric, this round. I don't know if anyone's told you this yet. So maybe you want to butter him up, lull him into thinking this false sense of security. Yeah, that's that's a play. I usually don't go that route. I usually just uh, try to bury him and, uh, and make sure he doesn't feel uh, anything good because when he starts feeling good... Uh, uh, you know, you know, bad things start to happen for our team. When we have these cockamamie conversations, do you think counting stats should matter more than accomplishments, or are you a team accomplishments kind of guy, or where do you look? What do you What do you like to think about? Uh, I know you've been staying up late at night, and I'm also disappointed you didn't say Jared is the best stall in yeah, history. That's true. You had a couple games here, a little cup, <laughs> cup of coffee, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely a team first guy. I mean, this is exactly where I want to be. So um, when we're winning and playing. Playoffs is, uh, is all that matters to me. It's an expectation. All right. You did it. Wait not to provide any kind of context to anybody. No, I didn't help you much there. Sorry. It's that time of the year, isn't it? It's he all, didn't even get to hear your one compliment either. I know. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll hear about it in the <laughs> <laughs> You know I'm fired up when the hands are moving. <laughs> you know, I, as I was, I was, I was, uh, as plane. I was editing that, as I was editing that yesterday, I thought, man, when Joe's in his bag, those hands do not stop. Just the the Italian certainly comes out like, hey, I mean, Cubans hey. do the same thing. We we talk with our we talk with our hands too. We're you know talking about how things happen. I'm talking here. Days. Hey, try to walk here, right? All right, let's uh, answer some hey Joe questions. Shout out to Anthony over at Oakwood Pizza Box. Uh, check him out online. Drop on by. Say what up to Anthony. You'll see him in the New York Yankees hat. He's sponsoring Hey Joe from here on out. Um, I was there. I was there last week, actually, getting, getting me a square pizza. Love that stuff. I'll, All right, Joe. I'll actually we'll start. be there this week on Thursday with, with Coach Kevin Keats. We're, we're launching Law of the Wolf, Joe, our Ooh, NC State is that, podcast. Is that what we're calling it? Law of the Wolf? That is. That All is. right, I love it. You know, I like uh, to name things. I know you do. I know you do. All right, this is from Mikey. Hey, Joe, do you all have any advice for the Hurricanes as they prepare to deal with the enormous weather advantage the Panthers will have in their last I checked fully enclosed arena in Florida? Hey, look, it really was a bother for the New York Knicks. They just couldn't get past that Florida humidity while they were playing an indoor hockey game. Something tells me that the Carolina Hurricanes are not going to be headed to the King of Diamonds Club and have a little bit of that uh, overnight dehydration that that's something tells me about this squad not that they don't party i i just don't see that happening this go around i don't know if you've ever been to whatever the sponsored name of the arena is now and it's been probably 20 years for me um but it is really like going to you fly you fly into fort lauderdale right they have their Mm -hmm. own airport it's a really great airport by the way it's a great airport. it's a great airport much better than miami's actually um, so you fly into your own airport and then you go to like this suburban mall that is in mm-hmm. the swamp. 
literally. It's, saw, it's sawgrass and, mills. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there, there is, as people, you know, they did the NHL survey of what's the worst city to go to, and it was like Winnipeg. I got to tell you, and, and they're not going to like this in Fort Lauderdale, but going to Fort Lauderdale is pretty much like going to Winnipeg. It's just a whole lot warmer. Yeah. That's about it. No, you're right. And there's really nothing. What's funny about Sawgrass Mills is you've got the uh, you've got the interstate extension to the if you're going, um, I think if you're going north on this internet interstate section, you you see all the suburbia on the left. But when you look to your right, it's nothing but swamp, man. It's ridiculous. I probably have my directions all confused. All I know is that on one hand you see suburbia, on the other you see nothingness. And you probably, if you wanted to venture out into that nothingness, you can probably find an old Cuban guy who's running a cockfighting ring with a full serve bar, laser light shows, and a DJ that'll eventually get busted up by authorities. All right, we got Anya. If Tara Vina were to return in this series, what do you do? Put him in the lineup and risk messing up the chemistry or leave him out and let the current lineup ride? Excuse me? What? Yeah, I don't think chemistry is an issue. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if, no. if Turbo's quite ready yet. Rod did not exactly sound that way on Monday. I would expect that he maybe would play next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. But I, I think it was Corey Laviolette who, who pointed out from uh, North State Journal and The Athletic, hey, if nothing else, Tabo is a great penalty killer. So you dress <laughs> yeah. him and yeah. use him in those situations. But no, you're not talking about someone who is – is going to disrupt any kind of chemistry. Uh, I like to say he's the he's the lost leader with with Aho. You know he he likes to spark what Aho can do. Brings out the best I, in Aho. I agree with you, but Tara Vinan's kind of in the weird place that Natchez was last year. Right? He hasn't exactly been on it. Sure. Um, for you know on a variety of levels, and there's been some mistakes that have led to scoring chances and whatnot. But yeah, you still you still want to give him the opportunity. Uh, to your point, being a penalty killer. And then, yes, there is a, a level of chemistry between him and Aho that you don't necessarily want to avoid. Uh, let's go to Richard. Do you feel like a majority of NHL coverage is riding off the Canes in the Eastern Conference Finals because Florida beat Boston and Tampa? I mean, I think it's certainly something that you have to keep an eye on, Joe. I, mean, I know you pointed the stat out to me. What are they? What are they six and one on the road right now? Florida is six and one on the road in the playoffs. That's kind of sort of ridiculous. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, kind of sort of ridiculous, but I, I would say this. I mean, the Canes are the betting favorite to win the Stanley cup right now. So mm-hmm. I don't really think anyone necessarily is writing them off. I do think this, I do think this series and the next one is a pure coin toss. Honestly, okay. I, I do not think there is a great difference between the four teams that are left in the Stanley cup tournament. I really don't. All right, two Francis Ford copulate. He's he's a he's a very frequent page contributor. Uh, what do you say to all the butt hurt northern snob mark hockey folks saying that the cup finals would be a ratings disaster from here on out? Uh, usually, when it comes to those conversations, I simply say, unless those people work for ESPN and Turner, what does it matter what the ratings are? What does it matter? You know, it, it, I, well, I've never understood this as a health of the league type thing, especially if we understand that just about everything other than the NFL is going through a ratings trough. I mean, unless you've got family working for Mickey Mouse or Turner, it, it shouldn't matter. I guess it's a way to be snobbish uh, or whatever, but it shouldn't matter to anybody. I mean, I have a T-shirt idea that hopefully our guy Jamie over at Breaking Tea we can put out while the series is going on, but it is what it is. 
Yeah, I, I don't worry about ratings. Like even in the NHL, what is their best case scenario? Would it would have been Pittsburgh against Edmonton? And even like, then, even then, it's going to pale in comparison. Here? It's going to pale in comparison it's, to everything else. I think. I also think people need to stop thinking in terms of ratings and start thinking in terms of how, what is what is your social media reach? How do you connect right. with a younger audience? How do you grow your sport? Mm-hmm. And I've said this many times: hockey is a niche sport, and the cities where those niches are. You know, particularly the Canes, like the Canes, like Florida, those fans get into it. Now, mm-hmm. if it was Toronto and Pittsburgh in the final, do I think Florida TV sets and Raleigh TV sets would be locked into the Stanley Cup <laughs> no. playoffs? I don't know. No. I don't. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And there's nothing wrong uh, with that. From Matthew, what do you think about North North Wilkesboro being back? Yeah, the All-Star uh, events getting, is going to be there. And I absolutely love the way that Dale Earnhardt Jr. has helped through iRacing and then eventually the uh, the resurfacing of the track and making it work uh, has been fantastic. I think it's great for the area. I think it's great to tie it back into the history of uh, of NASCAR. It's just a cool spectacle. The problem is it doesn't really have a lot of mo- modern amenities. Like we talked to our guy Jeremy Markovich from NC Rabbit Hole. He went last year when they brought racing back, and it's very much of its time. And bathrooms, concessions, and everything else. Again, I think it's a cool spectacle. It's made for TV. I think it's great for the area. I've been to North Wilkesboro in its dilapidated state, and it's kind of fascinating in that way. Uh, But I wish they would kind of do more of this kind of stuff if you're NASCAR because it gets back to your roots and it looks cool on television. Yeah, uh, logistically, I hope all of the infrastructure and everything works out so that they can have an awesome showcase. That's number one. Uh, NASCAR got over its skis, you know? Yep. They, they started going to like Chicago and Phoenix and, and all over the place. And it was kind of like Chicago land, excuse me, uh, California. And it's just kind of like, hey, you know, there was nothing. It, we could tie this into the conference expansion uh, equation, right? Like if you're the we ACC, can. what's wrong with being the ACC? If you're NASCAR, what's wrong with being NASCAR and running in, in Darlington and, and running uh, in Martinsville and running in Wilkesboro? And you know, I, it just to me one of those things. So I'm pro NASCAR knowing who they are. And this is another sign that they've kind of embraced and going back to their, their, to their fans. Who's your base? You know, I like, you love to tell me you got to play the hits. Well, NASCAR's playing a hit here. Playing a hit right there from Lake as a relative novice to hockey. What do I know? Or how do I know the team is playing well outside of them scoring goals, possession, forechecking, shots on goal, uh, possession and forechecking. Those are the the two biggest things that you can look at when you're watching hockey on a novice level. Like we talked about with Rod Brindamore, if you're spending more time in front of the net, you're dominating play. That doesn't necessarily get rewarded with goals, as the Canes know this all too well with their high scoring chances that don't get cashed in. But if you're if you're establishing play with that forecheck, then you've got a good chance of winning games. Yeah, and I would say this: I love playoff hockey for this particular reason. There is a marked difference between playoff hockey, even the regular season, and definitely preseason, right? Mm-hmm. If you watch any any hockey before the playoffs, think of it this way. When a team keeps the puck in its zone, right? Because if you understand the offsides rules, once the puck goes out of the zone, everyone has to get out of the zone. Yeah. Watch playoff hockey and watch how long these teams possess the puck and keep the puck in their zone. It's, mm-hmm. it's off the charts compared to mm-hmm. the regular season. And it looks like a power play at times. And that's how you know when a team is playing well and dominant. That that type of keeping the puck in their own end. And really, it looks like a power play when you don't have one. That would be yes. nice. Yeah. yeah. 
to Zach. Can we count on you guys to do a live podcast if when the news of the impending implosion of the ACC occurs? Feels like this would be one of those moments you remember exactly what you were doing. I'd like to say I was watching the OG as I look into the settings. <laughs> Here's the question. Where do we do it from? Where, well, where would we'll, we do that show from? Do we do it from the yeah. old Greensboro offices? Like, what, what do we do there? Our friend JC Zimble said to me, you, you guys are going to get into the emergency pod business, right? Now that you're doing podcasts. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah we, will. we will. Yeah, we will. We're, we we're will. getting get... there. We're getting there. Yeah, so. let's get to football season first before we try to get into that. Oh, and we'll no, close... where we would do it from? We would go to yeah, Reynolds we're... Coliseum. Oh, we, yes. we would go to Reynolds. Or, or, and, or and I hit up, ah, no, I know what we'll do. We'll hit up Brownlow's parents and go to Satchville. her dad. Her, her dad will get us into the Sedgefield Club, and we'll just do the show from there, from where they've got Perfect. like the napkin where they designed the yeah. ACC and, and, and the, the Alpha and the Omega. Yes, hell Love yeah, it. man! All right, we'll close. Hey Joe, on this. Hey Joe, bonus question. Love seeing this endeavor being built from the ground up. Assuming we're subscribed to the podcast and on YouTube, does it matter to does it matter to you all which one is consumed in terms of engagement, potential ad money, etc.? Is one more beneficial than the other? I don't know. I really don't. Um, I'm, I'm being completely honest with you. Right now, my goal is to make sure that our stuff is available in the easiest way possible. Podcast is obviously really easy to do that. YouTube is there if you want to watch us um, like you are right now. If you're watching on YouTube while you're sitting at your cubicle, you know, sometime mid-morning, the goal is to get this thing published by about 1030 on recording days um, and then have that podcast ready for you whenever you want to listen to it. Ideally. You have that podcast ready to go and you can plug it into your car and listen to it while you're in carpool or just coming home from work or whatever it is. So honestly, it all just kind of goes into one funnel in terms of engagement. And then Joe and I, or really Joe, because he's apparently got that sales dog in him. This I did not know this. I do not have that dog in me. Joe's the one who has that dog in him. And we can take that to uh, advertise and say, hey, here's here's what's going on. Here's our community. And you can tap into that community. And Joe, I think you and I can agree on this. It's not so much you listening, but it's also um, giving back to those who are giving to us. So if any of the advertisers you heard on the show today interest you, well, then by all means, go do business with them and tell them, hey, really appreciate you guys and what you're doing with Ovi's and Gilio. Now I would like a crowler before I go to the game or I want some ribeye or, Hey, I've got this sports card, any number of things that you can do. Yeah. That's the number way you could support us. Appreciate you subscribing, appreciate you downloading, of course, but all businesses have a choice to make. We've learned this maybe even the hard way. They make yeah. choices that they think is best for them. These businesses have made these choices to support us. And, you know, all, all of these things that are we're involved with, we, we like, so selfishly, I would say to you, we think you're going to like them too. Uh, and when I tell you that Anthony has the best pizza in, in North Carolina, I'm not lying to you. Yeah. When I tell you that I need coffee before an eight o'clock hockey game, <laughs> I'm not lying to you. Okay. These are not things that we would lie to you about. Or, or so in the case of, or in the case of yeah, Mosquito Authority, like I use them. Like these are, yeah. again, these are situations that all are organic and community focused. So. Well, let's go wrap it up for this edition of Obi's and Gilio. Hit the subscribe button, hit the likes, leave the comments, all that stuff. Rate us on all your podcast platforms. That also helps too. So we appreciate everybody who's done that. And we will see you Thursday ahead of the Eastern Conference Finals. 
Game one. Uh, here we go again. We know y'all be listening. The OG back and better than it's ever been. Blast from the past, you know that our pace is fast And if you wanna sub, we got something for you to smash Five stars with them positive vibes Don't miss a beat, week to week, you just gotta subscribe Even if your team's got you hella mad Don't worry, we write our prescriptions on a yellow pad So settle in, y'all, this is gonna be fun Cause when it comes to hot takes, two is better than one From beard to the canes to the ACC Who knows more about this than us, the OG? Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.